1076 Sports and Culture Podcast, bringing you the latest buzz and updates from our beloved Prairie View A&M University, featuring your fellow PV Panthers, Roland Austin, Jay Cleasy, Big Mike Washington, three-time swag champ Gati Rima, former drum major and HBCU band historian Shanetta Haskell, and Al Williams driving the show from the hill. Please subscribe and give us five stars and follow us on social media at Panthers underscore 1876. And welcome to the 1876 Sports and Culture Podcast. Welcome to this Mother's Day week. Uh, got a lot to talk about today, guys. What's going on with the locker room talk? And the season is winding down for all sports. We had a lot going on this weekend, a lot to talk about from uh, baseball to track and field, men's and women's to golf. So got a lot going on, even with the, the season winding down. We've had some success at the end of this this COVID, this year of COVID. So yeah. excited for our athletes. Yeah, and, and you know, the football schedule came out, but one little asterisk on that uh, schedule was the non-committal of the homecoming date. Yeah, that was interesting. If if those of you who paid attention to the official schedule release, I know a lot of folks have been compiling their own schedule. And earlier, uh, what, a couple months ago, I think when uh, a part, partial schedule came out, it stayed at homecoming was November the 6th. Right. And, and on this official schedule release, it was non-committal. And I already booked a room and... and uh... And Walla for 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 that weekend, man. I, I was all set. I'm booked. Don't Say play man, with that, my emotions. <laughs> that Fairfield Inn and Walla is booked solid for the weekend. You can't get it. Don't even worry about it. Maybe you can get on a wait list if you haven't already uh, registered a room. Maybe there's some other hotels locally you can get in. But you're gonna have to go to Cyprus. That's the next Cyprus. Closest. You're gonna have to go to <laughs> Cyprus. So, but we'll assume that homecoming also for your local Airbnb. And there there you, you go. go. You better drop that, bro. Exactly. <laughs> On Dooley Street. <laughs> Mr. Austin has some local Airbnbs. You can uh, you can hit him up for that information. But uh, I'm pretty sure. I, let's hope. Let's cross our fingers that homecoming will go down on November 6th. It'll be a cold homecoming. I can't imagine we gonna miss. Well, we can afford to miss another homecoming. I just can't no. see it. No, it's just no. It's not happening. It's not happening. It's not happening. Let's get it. Let's get it. Shoot, All right, man. What, what about this uh, this uh, box trove uh, 14th annual HBCU All American team? We got some standouts. Yeah, and, and it's the it's the usual suspects. So it's the 14th annual HBCU All American team selection. We've got four guys on there. Uh, Story Jackson, of course, was been voted as an All HBCU All American. Danny also Garza known as grown a man all day. Uh, we got Danny Garza, the offensive line, offensive tackle. He's a big boy too. He's been he's been dominant his whole time on the yard. Uh, Jalen Harris, uh, DB. He has. I've read some publications that say he got some of the best feet out there. Man, he's he's going to definitely uh, have opportunity to play on the next level. And then the man who's been doing it from day one, Jason Dumas, defensive lineman, undersized, but he's a little bull. He's a little monster. He's also been voted as a uh, HBCU All-American too. So shout out yeah. to those those ballers who, yes, who do it consistently every week. Let's get that work. Hey, and you know, we we saw a little something that many people may have overlooked, but will probably have a huge impact on our athletic programs. The addition of a new general studies degree program at PV. That's big time. Uh, Dr. Cavill, who's sitting in for Mike Washington, dropped some nuggets on how important a general studies program is for an athletic department. First, let me give a historical quick footnote in terms of general studies program, because folks have mixed emotions about general studies. And I just want to set the record straight. When it was first done, I think it was like the University of Michigan. And it was it was created for individuals that knew that they were going to be going to grad school and probably were going to a specific type of grad program that was a hybrid program that you don't necessarily get at the undergraduate um, level. So bio, biomedical engineering, for example, something of that nature, a professional degree. So you could have undergraduate students have 
courses from both engineering and from biology, and then they would better prepare them when they want to get admitted. But since then, on the athletic side, when you see all this, particularly now with the transfer rules, uh, people going into the portal, uh, it becomes even more important to have a degree that allows for student athletes to transfer and still be eligible under the APA APR guidelines. And the thing that you look at for a general studies degree or the interdisciplinary degree is a degree program that tends to have a lot of areas for transfers and elective programs. And that's what this general study does. It allows students that are older students to come in or allows uh, transfer students to come in, including athletes, which makes it easier for them to be eligible. So as you were alluding to, Joe, this is significant if you're going to stay with a competitive athletic program as well as competitive in terms of enrollment across general landscapes in both areas. So, so look for, so that's the technical uh, explanation. The, the layman's explanation is it's going to be way easier for us to get power five transfers in all sports and JUCO transfers in all sports. Yep. So yep. Yep. If you pay attention to our recruiting, we, we, pick up some nice JUCO transfers here and there. But uh, if the coaching staff or individual sports choose to go heavy on JUCO transfers or, or Power 5 transfers to give a, a big jolt in the arm to their program, then this will put us in a better place to be able to do so. So yeah, it's a big deal. The, that's a big, especially with the new rule coming out where the kids don't have to sit a year, that transfer portal is going is gonna to be uh, very interesting to watch because it's gonna it's gonna be a lot of feasting and it's gonna be a lot of famine out there. But yeah. this at least puts us in a position where we can try to feast off of some of these uh, transfers as well. All right, man, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with Meet Me at the Flagpoles. And we are back for Meet Me at the Flagpoles. We have joining us this week Coach Angela Williams, women's track coach at PV. Just wrapped up the uh, the SWAC championship this weekend. Yes. It was uh, it was really the PV and Alabama State track meet because I don't think anybody else came 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 really close here this weekend. What do you say, uh, Coach? That, that's usually how it is a dual meet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I my athletes, you, you can't you can't blink. Because if you do, we lost by seven points. Seven? Yeah, we saw that. Yeah, and, and and it came from several places. I mean, I expected some different performances. My quarter mile, I expected her to yes. be up there. She, she got two points. I, I expected more than that. One of my pole vaulters, no heighted uh, for the first time this year. Um uh, I did not expect it to come down to the mile relay, and I, I did not have a strong mile relay. So I knew when it was tied, uh, I was in trouble. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> but at this point, the coaching is over. You know, the athletes have to uh, – there's there's nothing I can do. The coaching is done. It's, it's what's in here and what's in the heart and how bad you want it. You got to go get it. You got to go, go get, get it. it. Yeah, I, I I saw that, uh, you know, like you said, your, your quarter mile there, she, I think she uh, ran a 58. And I was just surprised. I, I, I was wondering if she had an injury or something. That just is not like her. She hadn't run 58 since her freshman year, since I moved her up to the 400. In the prelim, she went 55. Um, I, I, I still don't know what happened. I and what I don't do with my athletes, especially when they've had a disappointing race or anything else, I don't have that conversation because too much emotions are involved mm -hmm. and uh, things get said. It could be on my side or their side. So I let them I let that process take a few days yeah. um, before because I already had her going to regionals. Right. Um, she actually her last workout I do what's called a 55 second run to, so I can see where you are in 55 seconds on the track. She had passed the finish line. I hadn't made it to 55 yet. Ooh. So I, we knew she was going to go about 53 because her goal was 53, 52. 
And when I saw her run the prelims, she looked real tight running that 55. And I asked her after, I said, you, you all right? She said, no, no, I'm good, I'm good. And uh, I couldn't watch them two races because it, 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 it surprised me. Yeah. Now, yeah. now, one bright spot that we saw was, uh, you know, you had freshman uh, Jordan Deadweiler getting points in the 400 hurdles. Yeah, but, you know, Jordan is in 57 shape in the 400 okay. hurdles. The young lady is talented, um, but she questions herself a lot. Mm. And um, mm. I've been having a, to work on just her mindset, which you find with young women and young men, no matter what the level, whether you're running a 52 in the 400 hurdles or a 60 point in the, in the 400 hurdles, if you've never had to compete where you are, once you have mm -hmm. to compete every meet, every race, that muscle ain't ready in mm -hmm. the brain. It's just not ready to function. And so when you get in that behind whooped as a freshman, um, it makes you pause and question yourself. And then you question the workouts and then you question the coach and then you question everything because you've never had to compete. Yeah. And I have uh, not just her, but uh, Jalen, another freshman, she ran 55 one time coming out of high school, but just cause you run it one time doesn't make you a 55 quarter miler. No. <laughs> and so, and, and so, you know, it's a process of, Man, I never had to work so hard. Well, it's on another level. Yeah. And you got to get your body in that kind of shape to make it from December to May. You got two seasons. And yes. high schoolers are just not ready for that. Yeah, and they then especially with the, those the, those hurdles, you know, because in high school, don't they run a 300? 300 hurdles. Yeah. So they don't learn. Like Jordan, I asked her when we first started, I said, have you ever learn the pattern of 18 or 17 steps or she said no Bianca Bookman she never learned she just ran the 300 hurdles and then when she started running the 400 she said that's a different way of running <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I and and it's weird because Bookman and now Jordan Detweiler can't stand the 400 uh-huh take the 400 and I'm like if you run a hell of a 400 you gonna run a heck of a 400 hurdles, or if you can run a 800, a eight, yep. you got speed base or the sprint base. I mean, a sprint base or the or the uh, stamina base. You gonna run a heck of a 400 hurdles. I don't like the 400. See, I, it just <laughs> blows my mind. And also, the short hurdles helps your long hurdles because the short hurdles you come up on them so quickly. And once mm -hmm. you start learning 17 steps, 18 steps, if you get down to a 15-step pattern, which is running, them hurdles are going to come to you. And you got to learn how to, to be ready, not to jump them. You got to run through them. Yeah. So the short hurdles help you prepare for the long. Mm -hmm. And neither one of them like the short hurdles. See? It's crazy. That's bizarre. That yeah. is just bizarre. Yeah. So we look at some of these standout performances that we saw in the championship. I mean, for Alabama State, Tiana Brown. Oh my God, she she came in right. Yeah. How many points did she bring home? Well, she won the one. Did she win the two? She won the two. She won the two. She was on the four by one, and she was on the four by four. And first place but here's on all the four. Thing, that's what a sprinter is supposed to do. And with Alabama State, if you have three of those doing that, acting like that, which is what he has, if you ever go to the Alabama State roster, there may be one in-state athlete on their roster. Wow. There are no in-state athletes on Alabama State's roster. That's He's also crazy. full 18 out of state. So when you can cover full 18, he can go to Georgia, North Carolina, Florida, South South Carolina, uh, the Virgin Islands, Tennessee, <laughs> and he can get their number four, five, and six, where I got to get 258, 300. Yeah. Uh, they got potential. And we got to turn that potential into something. The young man that anchored that four by four for Chris Clay was a walk-on. Oh. You gotta be kidding me. No, I'm wow. not. Wow. No, I'm not. Oh my God. We have to make them. And then by the time sometimes that we're making them and they get to that point, because uh Alicia Carter couldn't break 60 point when she got here. Mm. 
by the time we make them, they're stacking every year. Cause I can go reload. I can go reload. Yep. And we're not fully funded to go reload like that. Okay, so, so that's the conversation then, right there. Yeah. So 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 first of all, uh, thank you for joining the show. Thank um, you for having me. Every time we have a coach on the conversation, we like to talk about funding. Who's fully funded, who's not fully funded, and what we need to do to help you get there. Well, for us, I think it's complicated. For the NCAA, it's 18 in track and field. I'll talk about track and field. If to be fully funded, it's 18 for women. 18 means out of state, in state. So if it's 40,000 for an out of state athlete, whatever that cost is times 18 scholarships is the amount of money that we should have on the women's side to be able to go and get from out of the country and out of the state. Because we only get a certain amount of waivers as coaches, just like in academics and stuff, you get a certain amount of waivers. For the women, I'm at seven. So once I get to eight, that's $40,000 that I have to pay for an out-of-state athlete. So I don't go past seven. I can't afford to go past seven. Also, if I have six out-of-staters that come in in one year, recruiting-wise, I can only get one or two for the next four years if they stay in that cohort. So all my recruiting has to be in Texas. And here's the problem with Texas. We're low on the totem pole on the food chain. They'll go Baylor, Texas, Texas A&M, University of Houston, Sam Houston, Rice, uh, HBU, um, Incarnate Word, everywhere before they look at coming to Prairie View. They're That's why you think that is. Well, I've learned because I, I started in 07. And I thought I can go get anybody, not because I was an Olympian, but because I'm offering you a scholarship. And here's what I was told, several things. The first one was, I'm not sending my athlete to Prairie View. I sent the athletes to Prairie View before and nothing happened. They came out worse than they went in. And this is, this is what was said to me. I don't know what happened prior to me coming. So that's what was said to me. So coaches would not allow their athletes to come to Prairie View. The second narrative is Prairie View is a four-year community college. I've had coaches at, at regional meets and district meets uh, where we are there recruiting, say to their athletes in our airspace, you don't want to go there. Our people, our mm, people, mm, mm. you don't want to go there. That's a four-year community college. They don't know what we have going on in Prairie View academically. Have never wow. been to this campus. And the next narrative is, and it, 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 this this one killed me, you'll get pregnant if you go to Prairie View. I didn't know sperm had a geographical uh, distance. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, let me tell you, my, my oldest daughter got pregnant in LSU. Well put. My daughter got pregnant at LSU, so it's not a, a but, geographic. But that, that, you'll get pregnant if you go to Prairie View, and that kind of blew my mind. And then I've had parents who have wanted their, 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 their athletes to train with me, and they've said to me, if you were at a white school, I would let my kid come to you. I don't oh. respect the degree from an HBCU. I want my child to get a degree from a white school. You're a good coach, you're a great coach, but I want him at a white school. And so what I do, it, it really is, because I have from, since 2007, there's not one of my athletes that's calling me, knocking on the door, asking me for a dime. I can go to them and get money, because they're making some incredible <laughs> money. I got engineers. I got, in law school, I got police officers that, coming out of the medical academy. I got educators. It, yeah. it, it, it's absolutely incredible because at the end of the day, your pro is your degree. Yes. Yep. That's your pro. Because yeah. if, you, if your body gives out tomorrow and you don't have a degree, you have a high school diploma with a few college credits. And where are you going to get yeah. a job? taking care of you in a manner that you want to be taken care of. And so I don't sell track and field. I don't sell anything. I want young women that's going to come in that want to get a degree to be able to support themselves, even if they become a stay-at-home parent, because something may happen to your husband and you got to go out and take care of business. If you don't know how to, both of y'all going to be looking at each other crazy. 
Mm-hmm. Right. That's so right. that's the, the, the some of the things that we run into. And also, someone that will take 10 percent at an A&M or Bell or, or one of these other schools and they want me to give them 100 percent. And it's not happening. I want to go to NCs. I want to win a national championship. I want that talent. But they will rather go and sit for a year or two years just to put that jersey on instead of coming to a play. We In track and field, you run the time, you going. You jump the height, you going. Jashe Sloan is number 14 in the nation right now in the high jump at Purdue yes. University. Okay? But they don't understand that. Broke the swag record from 1975. You know, yeah. it, it's it's unreal to me. And I went to both. Uh, HBC, I went to Tennessee State. Initially, I was a Tiger Bell. And then I transferred and I went to Seton Hall and I became their first Olympian, All-American, first everything, and built that program. But Just to let the narrative know. that I hear about HBC, <laughs> me being here, and I have two degrees from Prairie View. And and I'm ABD with my PhD. I don't mean it. I'm not going to finish it. It's just... You can, you get you it. can you do it. You'll get it. Get it, girl. Get it. You know, but it, it's... What I tell people is uh, the institution of higher learning is what you make it. If you're going to party, you're going to find a party. The party might be in your dorm room. You know, exactly. if that's what you're there for, that's what you're going to find. If you yep. if you don't know how to control yourself as a, as a young person or you don't know, I won't say control yourself, but some people come in very naive and they get caught up in the college experience because they've never been able to just make decisions on their own. And now they're making them and they're falling hard and they're hiding what's going on and they're falling worse. I'll give you an example. My son was being recruited at uh, uh, University of Kansas. <laughs> and um, what I did with my son, he plays basketball. He plays for Oral Roberts University. Um, and uh, we went up there and I was getting on the elevator and the lady on the elevator thought that I was there with a bunch of softball girls. And I said, no, I just brought my son down because he's looking at this school. She said, well, I'm here to take my son out. And it was a Caucasian. And she said, my son got a full academic scholarship to this university. He pledged in his freshman year. He's living at the pledge house on drugs. He's now suspended from the university. Uh, he's lost his scholarship. I got to take him home. Christian, young man, just you get caught up in situations that and she would call him. He would say, I'm OK. And he's trying to figure it out. He's just digging a hole. Mm-hmm. And, and finally, she had to come and get him. And, but they put that so hard on a HBCU when it happens everywhere. And I've stayed at Prairie View because these young women are worth it. These young men are worth it. They are worth me being here to help them because I think I'm a value to them and they're a value to the university. So the the mm-hmm. those are the some of the reasons why we don't get top-notch athletes um, coming out of, of high school. Some I've had some where their parents have scheduled a visit and the coach has canceled it and gotten the parents to lie, saying, you ain't going there. And and here's why the coaches do it, because they want to say, I got that kid into a power five because they're trying to get a power five job. Trying to make a name. Trying to make a name for themselves. Well, well, also, you have a lot of local high school coaches who went to the Stephen F. Austins and the Sam Houston States and all those. So they're going to push kids to those schools before they push them to to PV. And every everyone that I've recruited that ended up going to one of those schools, believe it or not, I'd say 97, 98% of them aren't running track anymore because mm-hmm. they just didn't make it. And then they come to me and say, hey, or oh, they're too embarrassed uh, to say, hey, uh, can I look at Prairie View? See? <laughs> you can walk on. Right. College is <laughs> gone. You know, what you, what exactly. you were doing then doesn't help me now. Mm-hmm. It's what you were doing then. So 18, and we're right now at like 40,000, 41,000 for out of state if you don't get that waiver. 
So you would multiply that by 18, and that's the amount of money that the women's program should have. I don't have my calculator in front of me, but that'll let you know. For the men, it's 12.5. So you multiply that by 12.5, and now you have a fully funded program. Now you don't have to worry about how much are you getting on your FAFSA? How much is this? What's Where are we lacking? Can I get this grant? The schools that are fully funded, you don't have to fill out a FAFSA. Mm-hmm. You fill it out if you think you're going to get Pell. At HBCUs, a full includes your Pell. Includes and some of them. Yep. That is not a full scholarship. That is absolutely not. And so what I've tried to do is if I have a Pell-worthy, full scholarship athlete, I absorb the Pell so they get it. That money goes back in their pocket because here's where we're lacking also, cost of tuition, cost of attendance. So if I'm going to a Power 5 school, even if I'm on a partial, that cost of attendance is going to come in my pocket. Mm -hmm. I'm getting money back. Plus, they get their per diem money. So when they're traveling, they get cash in their pocket. We use a credit card. I can't give an athlete one dime because I don't draw down cash to give them money. And that is hard for them. I was at a meet at Texas Tech, a young lady from Tennessee and a young lady from, I want to say the University of, of Florida. I guess they knew each other. And I was sitting at a bench watching the race and they just happened to be behind me. And I heard the conversation. She was like, how much was your per diem for this meet? And she was like, well, I got this much. And other ones, how much was your per diem for that meet? So when you have an HBCU athlete hearing that, they're like, they get per diem? I just, we got to go sit and eat together. Yeah. Every meal. That's tough in this day and age. So there's certain things that we're lacking and those kids are jumping in the portal. Yes. But you know where they're going to go to other power fives Mm -hmm. because we're still lacking in giving them what they need. We may get uh, one or two or three of them, but some of the ones that come, come here may have some really serious issues that we're not ready for. Right. Yeah. Right. And they're so, still Prop 48. You got to understand the Power Fives. You were talking about the the uh, general studies. There's the regular uh, GPA and stuff to get in, and then there's the athletic to get in. And if you're not an athlete at some of these schools, no longer you don't have anything going towards a viable degree. Where Prairie View. You have to get in at the standard, and I really appreciate that. You have to get in at that standard because the ultimate goal is that is your pro. Your degree is your pro, and it should be, and you have to have that understanding. But we are still lacking in certain areas um, for for all of our sport, basketball and football. Most of your Power 5 guys, they get money in their pocket. They're getting that cost. That seems like that's... That's a resounding theme that we've heard from several of the coaches that have been on is that you guys are, you know, your <laughs> your job as coach is kind of backed up with balancing a checkbook every day, <laughs> robbing Peter to pay Paul. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, the question was asked, what do we need to do? It sounds like we need to write some checks as alums. Yeah. And, and I don't think a lot of people understand it because they don't sit in it. And you say you hear 18. Well, you have to know what what did anybody calculate? Yeah, that's seven hundred and twenty thousand dollars. That's right. And right now I have two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That's it. Wow. So and I lost by, State by seven points and we beat them indoor. Could you imagine what Clay and I can do if we were fully funded? Mm. Could you imagine? Yeah. It's 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 a big, big gap in where we are and where we need to be. Yeah, very big gap. I, I will say the ironic thing about when you spoke about how Prairie View is number five or six on the list of schools in Texas when kids choose. Uh, when you go to their rosters, and it doesn't matter, pick a sport. When you go to the rosters, uh, and look up the bios of those individual student athletes and the uh, things, the subjects that they major in is, <laughs> is laughable. It's it comedy. It and is. then, and then you go to Prayer View's roster, look at the bios for pick a sport. Yeah. And, and they have legitimate majors where they will have legitimate careers and, and, uh, parents don't understand that. So I direct, I oftentimes, if I hear somebody bad mouthing PV in regards to recruiting, I tell them, go look at, 
the bios of the student athletes at all those different schools and then look at the bios yep. of the student athletes at PV and then come talk to me. But they, they really think in, in, in a sports where you can go pro, they're thinking that if my kid goes to that school, they're going to go pro. If my if my kid is sitting in the room, they're going to go pro. And also the per diem money, the cost of attendance money, when you're talking about a low income parent, single parent working two or three jobs and somebody is knocking on that door saying, after your kid is is, is done, they're going to get this much, $4,000 in, in, in uh, just the cost of attendance money. And they're going to get, if they're Pell worthy, another, what is it, $7,000. That person is counting that money. DJ, I'm turn that down. That person is counting that money. That's my child. They're counting that money. They're not counting uh, what if they get hurt. When they hear $5,000 and you're looking at your bills, you're looking at immediate. And we have parents at Prairie View. I had students at Prairie View where they would come to me and say, Coach, my Pell money is gone. My mom and dad took that to pay the rent. So if, if they're going to these other schools and they're getting per diem and cost of attendance and Pell, used to stay in the household. Yeah, you can't, you can't compete with that. They're not thinking about that degree. Mm-mm. I, I want to ask a quick follow-up and I like the way you're coaching at home. I, I see, I see the coaches all the time at 100. So we understand it. We appreciate that. But it seems like we almost have a circular type of uh, problem in terms of the mindset and recruiting. Um, when you talk about recruiting student athletes that believe if they go to what I refer to as historically white college university, they're going to get all these things that's going to translate. They go to pro. And we know that is not necessarily true because there's a small percentage. Yes. But if you play on this paradigm and this mindset, and then they come to prayer of you and there are not as many going pro, then it's not that they were not good enough to go to pro. It's what prayer of you did not do yeah. to go to pro. And we know that's not true. And that's so not true. That has to be a psychological training. The question yeah. I have, not necessarily on that, because I think you covered that, but getting back to some of this psychological component that you talk about, how much challenging would it have recruiting a kid like that whose mindset and parents are already outside of the norm versus someone that is hungry and is going to listen to everything you say to make sure they get better? Well, here, here's what I, I would say. And I and again, my son played basketball and I thank God I knew about recruiting and mm-hmm. other things. So we went to one school and the coach said, even our athletes that sit the bench go pro. So that year we watched the NBA draft. Not one player from that school went pro. <laughs> and, and I went through a process with my son just to, to see it. We take care of our, our kids here academically. And we knew a kid who was released from the university for plagiarism. If you're protecting that kid, as I know they do, that plagiarism was a setup because you wanted him gone. Um, the reason why, and, and then this is what I used to do when my son was playing AAU, I would be in the gym with the high level players. Be like, y'all come to Prayer View. I ain't going there, that's a last resort. I'm not going to Prayer View. So what you end up getting is those that have nowhere else to go. And then Prayer View becomes a choice. And here's, here's a couple of reasons in basketball. The MEAC, which may be gone soon, cause you know, it's, it's breaking up and the SWAC are your 15th and 16th seeds. It's anytime you get to the tournament, you're gonna play a one, two seed, or you gotta play a playing game. It's it's a difficult task to get a 15 or a 16 to be the one or two. So that's one strike. The second one is they wanna be on TV. They want to be on ESPN, NBC, Frontline, being seen because they figure if I'm seen, I'm going pro. And sometimes it backfires on them because I know some that went in, ranked five, going in pro, 
they are, it's over because in AAU, they don't, you, you don't learn the skills that you need to learn. They just, you tall and you do go on out there and, and they make their money on the back end, pushing you to go here and then you stuck. And, and then you go to a college that you shouldn't have gone to because it's doggy dog. Because you may come, come in this year, that coach is working on the next one is coming to take your place because you got to rotate out to the pros. We ain't got time to wait for you for two and three years to get better. I need mm-hmm. you out because you holding up some money that I need to take care of somebody else. And so you get those players that come to a Prairie View or go to other schools where they consider mid-majors or low-majors and they think they can't get, go pro from there. That dynamics is changing. It is changing because schools like, and I got to pump ORU and other schools, uh, there's Florida Atlantic and uh, I forgot the one in Illinois. They took, athletes has, has taken a chance and says, I'm going to go to these schools and, and these coaches are going to build me up, which is what's happening. And they're realizing I don't have to go and sit for two years to get my shot to, to, to get into the NBA. There are 60 slots in the NBA every year. That's it. How many colleges, junior colleges, D2s, D, how many do we have? You don't have, a, it's 60 slots and it's political and they don't yep. understand that. And so I was very happy that I knew what was going on because if I didn't, I would have got lost in the shuffle too. I really would have. Some of these parents don't know and they work so hard and the coach is controlling the life and that coach is trying to get that job. They have changed the rules in basketball where if you coach that athlete AAU, it's a two year before you could come to get a, a college coaching mm-hmm. job because what they would do is I'm going along with that athlete. That has changed. And so parents sometimes aren't involved enough to know what's happening in the recruiting process of their kids. I was told by many coaches Schools didn't recruit my kid because they had to talk to me. You got that right. Or my ex-husband. We are involved in that process. You know, I go, they were calling my son in the eighth grade in school. He said, Ma, a coach is calling me. I called that coach. I said, you can't recruit my son. He is in school. He's in the eighth grade. You call me. If you need contact, you get my number, not my son's. So they backdoor and sometimes the parents just don't know. They just don't know. Yeah, but it's for sharing the real. But it's it's, it's a it's a hard thing. And then for football, when we're done with with SWAC, we have the MIAC challenge. But there's no bowl game. They need to go to a bowl game. There you go. That's gonna bring it in. So your better players, they want to go to that bowl game. Your bigger, better, quicker, faster, they want to go to a bowl game. Once the SWAC championship is over, it's over. Mm-hmm. It's over. Coach, you dropping nuggets today. This is about, about a four-part series here, man. It, hey, we could hey, be on had, here all day. She had something on my, on my mind. Coach, uh, let's let's take it out by giving some praise to a couple of your 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 uh, tracksters who ate them up. You mentioned Jashawn Sloan, Jayshon Sloan. She broke the record. I think you mentioned how old was that record? Nineteen seventy-five. That's crazy. What was yeah. I jump? I, I got it. One point eight two meters. What? What's that? That's five eleven point two or five almost almost six feet. Almost. Let's give us six. Uh, yeah, let's give us six. And um, and then so, Mia heard. Oh my jump. gosh! That long Mia. jump. <laughs> and see, when Slim came in, and her, her nickname is Slim. Slim came in. I think she had jumped five eight one time. Slim, I actually met, she was on an HBCU visit and I was at the track and they wanted to see the facility and I just saw this long thing on the side. I said, uh, you run track? She said, yes, I do. I, and she said, um, I'm just looking at the school. Her dad was with us, stepmom and, and the family. And one of the kids that was giving a tour said, yeah, we want to see the facility. I said, my practice is over. We'll go over so you can look at the facility. And once she saw everything and she, I saw what I could give her, she said, I'm coming to Prayer View. And she <laughs> loves it. And I think she wants to do her next year. Mace, uh, Mia came in jumping 39, and I have excellent jump coach. Coach Butler came in as my graduate assistant, made it on as my assistant coach. I've had other schools 
back door to try to get him, say, hey, this job is open, that job is open, to get him away from me, because they know he's underpaid, and we're working on that. But but Coach Butler knows that he has gotten the opportunity to build his resume. He is strength and conditioning, he does recruiting, and he coaches the long and the triple. He would not have gotten that opportunity at a PWI. They would have used him as they did when he was volunteering and hired over him. And he saw that happening and he contacted me. He said, do you get GAs? And I said, yes, this is how much money I got. And he made it on it and he struggled through it. And and uh, so, so he's done well with my jumps. That's one of the areas I had to build because in the running, people cancel each other out. Yep. 11.5 is going to cancel out 11.5. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you could jump 39.40, you're not going to get six, seven, eight of them that can do that. So I started building in my field events because I know people are going to X each other out in the running events. And I don't have help from the other schools to fight that fight in, that sp- in those sprints. So Mia is, she's so excited because she went 41, but they jumping. She got to go about 43 to get to regionals. They, they're jumping right now, 44, 45s. That's your, 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 your better jumpers. And if y'all ever pay attention to, um, if, if you ever get a chance, go onto this site. It's TFRS, T-F-R-R-S.org. It is the Bible of college track and field. You will see that majority of your athletes in college that are performing to the highest level are foreign athletes. Yep. Wow. Mm. They're not ours. They're, they're foreign athletes from Canada to Nigeria to to uh, uh, Mexico to, to the islands. And they will all be here on the 25th of May running at Prairie View. Uh-huh. Actually, on the 18th of May, a lot of them will be running. The Nigerian national team is here right now. And wow. they're all going to be competing. The Jamaicans will be here. Canada, I think England... Oh gosh, it's so many times. Are you recruiting while they on campus? I'm recruiting while they're on campus. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there it is. That's, that's why she's nice. telling y'all. That's why he's right. <laughs> because what I learned is once they come see it, that's done. Like, yeah. It's, it's, it's duly said the same it's thing. It's a done deal once they come see it, but one, but once they see it, we got to have everything else in place for them to yep. want to be here. Yeah, we can't just yep. have the facility and nothing else. They got to have the other things in place. You yep. wanted to prep some others. We had uh, any, any other athletes. You said Mia and Slim. Yeah, oh, well, I, I mean first place finishes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Mia, Mia, uh, uh, Kasia Roberts. Um, and she has another year. That's a beast right there. She was right Kasia, behind Mia. Kasia is a beast. She twisted her ankle yeah, uh, the day before in the long jump. So it was all wrapped up. And she said, no, I'm I'm going for it. And she ended up going 41. Yeah, she jumped so, 602. Yeah. She jumped 602. With her, with her ankle wrapped up. That girl's a, a, a beast. Um, and then Catherine Jackson got points too. Catherine, yep. Yep. So y'all y'all pulled in 21 points in the long jump. Yeah. That's, and that's, that's the goal. Money. I always want between 28, 21 to 28, when we do our stuff, we look at the, the, the jumps, we look at the pole vote. I coach Coach Washington always says, I'm gonna get you about 28. I'm like, hey, that's what I need. The the triple <laughs> and the long, I'm gonna get you about 28. And the ones who know, because I tell them, it's you in the pit. Yeah. Right next to you. Get your steps down. Listen to your coach. It's you in the pit. Mm-hmm. High jump from from uh, uh, Keisha, who've been winning it now to slam. Now I got to bring in another one. But we try to get that feel because Alabama State can go out and they get from every corner of the the country and they go out of the country. So I want to be able to do that. Clay wants to be able to do that, but we got to have the money to be able to to take care of them uh, the way that they need to be taken care of. They're going to get coached. They're going to be fed. They're going to, but still, they they still need that cost of attendance uh, or, or per diem. Either one would help. And for football and basketball, that is major. You're not going to get major plays in those sports if they're not getting cost of attendance. That's yeah. a tough. Gotti knows. She'll tell you. That's 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 tough. Mm-hmm. That's tough. 
Yeah, we need uh, we got to get some discus and some hammer hammer throws for the, for the ladies out here too. I yeah, we, and and one of the things I don't recruit throwers if I don't have the coach mm. to coach them. So right now, Coach Clay and I share Coach Butler and Coach Washington. We don't have a full staff, so Coach Washington does pole vault, high jump, uh, shot, discus, hammer, um, javelin. That's a long day. That's a lot. Every day. That's <laughs> a lot. That check big time. Yeah. And uh co- and they work with the multi-athletes. Mm-hmm. So I'm Got stretching one. Coach Washington really thin. I have a volunteer distance coach who drives from Leander every day. Every day. To help with my distance group. Because I was coaching everything from the 60 to the 10,000. And the 100 and 400 hurdles. That makes for a, a long day. Plus, you can't give that athlete everything they need when you constantly got turn hand, turn hand, mm-hmm. turn hand. You it makes stop watches. That's what we know. And the whistle. And the whistle. And, and, yeah. On behalf of all PVL, I'm sorry. I'm sorry <laughs> we do you like that. <laughs> really? But did y'all know for Clay and I, this was just our fourth or fifth year just coaching because for nine years, we, I, well, Clay longer than me, full-time, 100% college of ed teaching, a full load, and coaching track and field. And we've been able to be successful. It, it's This was year five that we were pulled completely out of the classroom. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See? Yeah. So... We need well, to. hats off to you, Coach. Uh, <laughs> you, you, yeah, because when you say from the sixty to the ten thousand, <laughs> I can just imagine. Okay, five k yeah. on the line. <laughs> yeah, hundred yeah. y'all on deck. Yeah, <laughs> you got the whistle with everybody. Yeah. You almost need a whiteboard. Because I'd say you got two minutes rest and three minutes rest, and I'll be uh-huh. on. I'd be like, dang, well, how did you know? <laughs> <laughs> but that's what like you the maestro. <laughs> Yep, that's what you have to do. And cross country. So I had to do my cross countries at 6.30 in the morning. Then they'd have to come back for their second workout uh, in the afternoon. I go from 10 to 12, but we start probably about 8 or 9. Coach Clay goes from 2 to 6, but he may come out at 12, 12.30. Coach Butler and Coach Washington starts at 8 a.m. And they go with the women, and then they transition to the men. That's why nobody really can get on our track. One, we don't have lights. And two, we have so many uh, athletes that are coming through the entire day to work out. We can't accommodate and do anything else. Plus, we want that surface to stay. I, I want a world record on that track. It's fast. That track is fast. It's fast. You had some t- DJ! Lower. DJ gonna get hands on him. DJ about to catch some on Mother's Day. <laughs> DJ about to catch some hands. <laughs> Live on radio, buddy. Hey. <laughs> you on get Mother's it? Day. Hey, where you show on Mother's Day? <laughs> and he's six eight and twenty one, and I still get him. Man, uh, still your mama boy. Hey, that means yeah. CPS can't show up. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, nah, they can't show up. I'm good. But yeah, no, it, it's uh, it, it's that track is, is fast. Um, you had uh, they don't the the SWAC wants to c- continue to compete at Prairie View because there's no other school in a conference that has what we have as far as a track. Fame U is coming in. The coach that was at Fame U when I was getting the track done and the surface done. She said, your surface is what I want. You got top of the line. She said, they gave me kind of middle of the road. And I don't know if they've changed anything. She's not, she's not there anymore in those five years. But she said, I got the top of the line. So the surface that's there is what European tracks have. So it's fast. And what I'm trying to do and what some of my friends that, that have been Olympic coaches and Olympians and stuff like that is we're trying to get track and field here. So, so athletes on running over to Europe and trying to get them paid here. And Prairie View is one of those places that we want it done. So we want your, if Sonia Richards Ross was running, but we want your top tier athletes here. And they will be here the 18th, 25th, and 6th of June. The 6th of June is like a prelude to the Olympic trials for the U.S. Yeah. athletes. 
Everybody trying oh, to get times in. Will uh, spectators be allowed to come and watch them practice? Spectators will be allowed to watch. Uh, the cost for entry on the 18th is $20. The 25th is $25. And the 6th is $25. Right now, I believe we're still at 50% capacity. If any of you came to the meet this weekend, Saturday, it was, it was beautiful. Stands were packed. It looked good. It, it was it was just beautiful to see, um, and everybody left with that mile relay where Tim walked down. Young that young man. I mean, yeah, it was beautiful. It, it, it was, was beautiful. It was it was just Tim is a beast, man, and he's a junior. <laughs> and he's Ooh, a junior. coming back. Yeah. Timothy the the merit. The merit, yes, and, wow. and he's coming back. Yeah, Tim came in. I think he was right at forty nine. He's running 46 right now. Coach Clay can coach now. Oh, yeah, that boy can coach now. He can coach now. No yeah. doubt. He can coach. 49 and to 46, he, that just don't happen like I that. That don't happen. How often <laughs> he getting tested? <laughs> <laughs> hey, pump your brakes no, there. No, that's, that's all coaching and all Joey Yeah. Winning. That's all. I know, I'm saying, you oh. know they hating on him. I bet he getting tested every month. Mm -hmm. And here's what happens with some of our athletes. That then you have the other schools. Calling, you happy where you at? You like it there? Now you want to come get them when we make them. Right. We're getting top of the line as it is. Why you got to come over here and they, try to get what we got? They looking at it like a, a JUCO transfer system. Yeah. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this this portal is is it it's gonna hurt a lot of young men and women. It's going to hurt a lot because they jump it in the portal and they're going to stay in there. And what they don't realize is if you're not that good and you get in that portal, you've lost whatever you were receiving at that school. It stops right then and there. I don't have to coach you another day. I don't have to take care of you another day. So you go on and find your way. And what coaches do when you're transferring, unless they're desperate, they do their homework. They call. Why this? What's going on with this kid? Without breaking any laws, you you go and you find out. So if you were cussing somebody out, my son, again, he was trying to help somebody uh, with coaches to look at him from a JUCO, and nobody would touch him. And the narrative was, he's not the same dude on the court, off the court. He's not coachable. He has a bad temper. This, that, and the other, and he can't get anybody to take them. So you going in that portal thinking, oh, I could do my do here. You ain't, unless they just really desperate and they want you because you're that good, uh, it's going to come back and bite you. They don't know how to make it work where they are right now. Mm -hmm. And that's the part that's missing. They don't know how to fight. They're not dedicated. They're not committed. They'll throw you under the bus in a heartbeat. They're looking for where they can fit in instead of going and creating something and making something. And that's sad. Yeah, it is. Well, Coach, we sure appreciate you coming on. We're going to have to have you on again because you got yeah. stuff on your mind. She got stuff I, I on I enjoyed her this. Heart. Yeah, I enjoyed this. This is probably one of our best interviews. So we appreciate <laughs> you coming on. Yes. And, uh, I appreciate being there and just giving you guys insight to, to where we are uh, in, in athletics. I think we can be not just, oh, that's that HBCU. I think we can just be in it if we put everything together the way that it needs to be. Yeah. So I'm just, well, all I just those don't alumni. be that for you, uh, <laughs> junior college. Hey, <laughs> oh, for all the alumni, we need 500 grand to fully fund the women's track team. Let's get this yeah. done. There you go. Yeah. 500 to do it. Yeah. And I'll never get another book whoop, butt whooping a day in my life. I know that's uh -oh. right. Uh -oh. We'll get 51s, 50 points, 22s, See? 11 hey, ones. Yeah. That's my, my guarantee is. on it. Yeah. She said, there give me 500, I put a guarantee on it. Two O's, four, four 20s, and look, we'll See? go get it. Coach already know what she wants. She, she, she got the menu already laid out. <laughs> See, we'll she go got to get ready. Yeah, she we'll she go, already ready. We'll go get it. I, I'll go to Jamaica and Canada and all that. Well, I won't go. Coach Butler will go. There I will go. go get him. Because we have what we need here. We just need the funding. There you okay. go. And we need to keep Coach Butler, too. Yeah, yes, oh. we do. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. Coach yeah. Butler bringing about, like you say, I give you 28. <laughs> we just signed a, we gave her a, a, initially a partial because she really wants to come to Prairie View. She jumped at the regional meet 40 feet six. Oh, you know that went to a full. So uh, she. <laughs> Real quick, like. <laughs> 
real quick. And I tell them ahead of time, you know, this is what it is. And if they say, can you give me a little bit of time? I think I can do this. I give them that time because if they want to come here, I want them to be able to come here. She jumped 40 plus. She's uh, you'll see it coming out because we sent her the paperwork. You'll see it coming out um, probably Monday or Tuesday. Sign. Yeah. 40 foot plus. So I let him go get it. So I, I make sure I have scholarships for him to go do that uh, because I need the jumpers. Yeah. All right. And look that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with I'm So Glad. All right. And we are back with I'm So Glad. And joining us, we've got recent PV alum as of yesterday. Ah. Mr. Tyler Hayes. T. Hayes, what up, bro? Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Ooh, Man, that boy sounds so like so good morning. <laughs> that boy slightly He's hung still on one. <laughs> yeah. What you do last night, bro? Let's not you talk said. about it. He said, my mama listening. <laughs> yes, people are listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations. Tell the people... Uh, what you what you grad what degree you walked across the stage with, and what you trying to do with the rest of your life? So I'll be walking out of here with a major, uh, with a bachelor in arts, majoring in mass communication, a minor in business administration, man, the cum laude, almost from the cum laude, barely missed from the cum laude, but it's fine, but it's fine, right? I'll be walking out of here and I'm starting my journey into the film industry as a screenwriter and director. Very nice. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. And for for those of y'all who don't know, the voice there is also um, our editor and uh, part-time producer of the 1876 Sports and Culture Podcast. So uh, we definitely appreciate all your work that you have done here with us and uh, hope we can afford you later after you've gone. (laughs) Really, if y'all notice that the, the sound and production got a little better on the third or fourth show, it's because T. Hayes joined the team. Show did. <laughs> uh, I had some work to do. These guys have been putting me to work, I must say. <laughs> hey, man, we, we want to test your skills and knowledge. We want you to show what you can do. <laughs> so we yes, challenged uh, you, you with a couple of those shows. <laughs> You picked the right guy because I'm the man for the challenge. Yes, indeed. So let me ask you this. I know they had the uh, the uh, graduation in the stadium and you were a couple of tickets short. Did Big Mama make it to the graduation, man? Well, the graduation hasn't happened. Wait. Oh, that's right. Graduation oh, that's coming up. Week. It's coming weekend. Yeah. Why did I have it yesterday, oh, man? Oh, damn. I it's it always like Mother's Day. Too. See, Joe, you sent the gift too early, bro. Oh, damn. You just spent it now. <laughs> Did you spend all that money? I told I told him not to spend it all at one at, at the strip club. I'll be going to Brazil sooner or later. Let's just not. I'm not gonna say where I'm gonna go with the money though. There you go. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. See, I'm used to graduation being Mother's Day weekend, so that's why I had it on yesterday. Weekend. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that must have been the snowstorm delayed everything. Ah, blame it on COVID. Yeah. <laughs> or the Rona, yes. Yeah, we blame everything on the Rona. <laughs> and the graduation is supposed to be Saturday, but it's, it's supposed to be at the stadium, but it looks like it's going to rain on Saturday, so I don't know what they're going to do. And it must, it'll, it'll, the weather will be completely different in a week from now. Don't even worry about it. Do you have all of your tickets, is the question? Unfortunately, I have only four, and I know that I, I missed the bag. When Dr. Ruth came on here and I asked a dumb question about a film program when I should have been getting them tickets. Now my grandma is going to be struggling to walk up the stadium steps. See, man, we got to get the suite. Doc, we got to we got to call and see if we can get the suite open for you. Get the suite for T.A.'s grandma. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to have to work on that. I'll commit to that this week. All right. Yeah, absolutely. Question for you, Tyler. Mm. You say you want to pursue film, um, and that's that's really awesome. Um, do you plan to relocate, or do you plan to stay and take that on in Houston? 
I absolutely plan to relocate. Uh, I have I have big visions, big ambition, big goals, and I I know what I need to do. And people, you know, people always talk about you know building a film community. I mean, there's there's a small growing film community in Houston and in Texas and whatnot, but. I know where I need to go. I know where I want to be. So I got to make that move to LA. If you're not making, if you're a filmmaker and you're not making that move to LA, just just know what you're signing up for. And I know what I'm signing up for uh, when when I'm moving. So I'm gonna have to move eventually. Hopefully by the fall, I will move to Los Angeles. If not by the fall, then next spring. That's awesome. So a lot of a lot of black producers and directors are popping up on the scene um, more and more. So I can't wait to watch one of your films. But I recently seen a film by Michael B. Jordan, the new one. And I just want to know if you saw it and what you think about it without remorse. I have not seen it yet. Uh, uh, unfortunately, I, I do like Michael B. Jordan uh, in, in, in some stuff, some more than others. But unfortunately, I have not seen it with oh, a review after that as a as a film guy. Yeah. Almost definitely. After I uh, watch it, you're going to be the first person I reach out to. I really like the casting in it. I'll just say that. Oh, oh, yeah. The casting was casting crazy. was fire. And I'm a I'm a big Tom Clancy fan. I, I'm, I've <laughs> read the Jack Ryan series and this fits right in with that. A continuation of that series. So, yeah, I, Ooh, yeah. thumbs up for me. <laughs> Yeah. All right, but y'all, y'all giving a high praise. I'm definitely checking out as soon as I can. Bet, bet. <laughs> the question is, so are you gonna like move out there and just get a job busting tables? Or how does this work when you just up and relocate to LA? Yeah, so Los Angeles, it is it depends on what you're trying to do. Of course, me as a as a filmmaker, I'm not gonna be busting tables. I'm gonna be working on sets. When I'm working on sets, I can build a relationship, I can meet new people. When you meet new people, that builds a network. When you build a network, then you have someone to give your scripts to. And when you have people to give your scripts to, and you start making movies with these people that you met on the sets, because people on sets are all mostly, most of them all trying to, you know, progress through the film industry. So you're going to be collaborating and then making films. And then once you have some films and you have a script, you say, go to a studio or you get an agent or somebody, they pitch it to the studio. And it's like, oh, okay, this is, this is kind of cool, right? But if you have a, if you have a, a long list of awards and, and films, then you, then you will be, uh, you will probably give the opportunity to direct, which is what I'm trying to do. But to, to move out there, busting tables, it's like, uh, I, I don't know what you can do with that. I don't know why you wouldn't, you know, get a job either as an assistant. You could be an executive assistant. You can do the NBC page program. There's all kinds of field programs. So if you're, I feel, I don't know. I just assume those were hard to come about, come by those, those different, even the small opportunities on sets. Aren't those extremely difficult to come by? Uh, I would say if, if you don't know what you're looking or, or okay, think about this. If, if you move into Hollywood and expecting a PA on the next Mission Impossible, then you're looking in the wrong place. You have to, you have to, this is a hurry up and wait industry. So you have to, you have to start from the entry level positions and then work your way. So you're working on uh, small films, medium films, and you can start getting the big films because big film sets, those PAs, even though they're PAs, entry level, these are PAs that's been working on medium uh, independent films. They're they're not going to pick somebody, some kid off the street that just got out of film or not, just, you know, just moved out to L.A. and is looking to hustle. Now they're going to pick a PA who knows what they're doing. So you have to really work your way up. And so if if you if you if you know this, which I know this, then it'll be no problem for me to do these things. But for people who, who are uninformed and have nobody to tell them or who don't even do the research to even know this. Yeah, they're going to struggle to get P.A. jobs because they're looking in the wrong places. All what? right. Well, T. Hayes, we wish you all the luck, bro. Um, we want to uh, make sure that you stay in touch. And, you know, when you had your first film premiere, you know, we want those red carpet tickets, man. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I, and I, so I can tell the stories. <laughs> oh, yeah. yes, sir. You got to give it to my boys there at the go. 1876 Sports and Culture Podcast. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to work oh. on that suite for you for this week. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back with the We Ready shoutouts. <laughs> Thank you. 
with the re-ready shout outs. So, Shanetta, who you got? Uh, I've got the Panthers who dominated the 2021 SWAC Outdoor Track and Field Championships. Go Panthers. Yes. Joe, what say you? Oh, man, she. I, I'm just going to add to that. Uh, Sune Rodriguez-Wims and Jamel Wolt both scored 30 points apiece. Uh, Jamel Wolt earned most outstanding track performers, so they were off the chain. And then the men's golf team, they swag champions, of course. They're right there, the number 14th seed uh, for the NCAA uh, regionals that will take place in New Mexico State. All right. Doc, what you got? Shout out to the baseball team. Um, we They've struggled over the years, but they found a way to get it done after Gramlin was swept by Pine Bluff and after their great close of the season, winning two of three last week to Gramlin. With the uh, losses by Gramlin, now they sit in first place. They sit at 12 and 7 with a winning percentage of 63%, and that is better than Gramlin that sits in second place at 12 and 9 with a winning percentage of 57 so uh, right now, Prairie looks like they're going to win the Western Division unless there's some games that will be made up, uh, which will be a, quite a few of them. So I don't think that's going to happen. So at this point, they will go into the tournament as the number one seed out of the West Division with everything staying like it is. All right. There we go. Any other any other shout outs? Man. We good? I, we all ready, huh? We ready. I'm 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 starting to eye this commissioner's cup, bro. We we got these we Lord of the Rings again. Yeah, man. Hey. It's looking nice. That's what I'm hey. saying. Arthur, you know what? I think I got one. Looks like Bland set a softball coaching record. Yes, First. most wins in the program. Yep. That's right. He broke it. Yep. Coach Vernon Bland. Lord of the Rings. Yes, sir. And all as right. as Coach uh Williams mentioned earlier, we doing all of this without fully funded programs. Exactly. We got work to do, bro. I've added up so far. We are we are at about 1.4 for volleyball, women's track, golf to get fully funded. Okay, Let's get is. it done. All right, Shanetta, you want to take us out? All right. Baby. You know what? That was tight. All right, dude. Oh, we got the thumbs up. All right, all right. <laughs>